Welcome to another edition of Viking Voices. We've uh, stepped out of our norm here and we're doing a roundtable. I'm going to call it a happy hour with uh, Western Washington University volleyball players uh, from the Diane Flick-Williams era going all the way back to 2000 up to re as recently as 2017. Um, Diane, you are here with us with a bunch of your former players. So let's just get the party started here and tell us a little bit about who's with us. Oh boy, we're talking about 20 years of errors. And I think the best thing about it all is I think everybody knows everybody. So it doesn't matter from what period of time they came from, they know each other. And I think that's pretty special. So I guess we'll start off with the oldest, sorry D, but uh, Donja Walker, she was my first, in my first senior class, she actually was on my interview committee and um, actually missed the next interview. So I appreciated that because I hopefully that got me the next the job after she uh, walked me around campus. Uh, I think the next oldest was, is Liz Kittikit, formerly a bishop, um, who I inherited as a setter. Thank goodness. Uh, my first year, I got a lot of good stories about her. So we'll just wait and see what she presents about me and then I'll see what I can retaliate with. Um, I think the next is Katie Emmons, who formerly Robinson, set her for the 2007 team that was a national runner-up, local product from Nooksack Valley High School. Uh, and then Angie Albert, um, who, uh, sorry, Angie Thorpe. Uh, Angie Albert, she hasn't changed my phone yet, so technically it, it's, she isn't married and going to have a second child. Um, but she's a local product from Meridian High School. Um, also on that um, 2017 graduated in 2008. Uh, I think next is Lori Quigley, Lori Year Out. Um, fun fact with her is probably my most significant day in Spokane involved her because I was uh, she was the first wedding I ever officiated was her and Matt. Um, she was a setter for us, I think, graduating in 2012. Um, and uh, let's see, then I think it's Rachel Roeder would be the next oldest, um, and Rachel is product of Issaquah High School, uh, All-American Outside for us, who um, is now a first grade teacher. Yep, first grade teacher at Carl Kozier, so we've been able to put our hooks in her and caper in Bellingham. And last but not least is Bryce Larson. Bryce finished with us in 2017. She was also one of our student assistants as well. Um, from Muckleteal, Washington was our libero. So this is our gang from 2017 to all the way down to 2000, so. Yeah, it's quite a group. And in this group, we've got GNAC Players of the Year. We have first team All-Americans. Um, the awards list that we could list go on and on and on. They're part of the now 21 years that you've been the coach at Western, Diane. We're gonna get into, I'm a numbers guy. So um, we're gonna talk about some of that history that this program has had. But one of the things I think that I've learned in my five years um, at Western has just been the family atmosphere. And you just mentioned the era is going from 2000 all the way up to current. Everyone knows each other. Um, you can talk, you know, I've talked to Callie Halborn and I've talked to um, some of your current players and they all look back and they know the names and they know the numbers that they wore because of the locker room project you had. Just tell a little bit about the family atmosphere of this program that you've been able to inherit in 2000 and kind of take all the way to where we are right now? I don't know. It was like something that I always had a, a dream of having when I started a program was to have a place where people like to come back to. Um, and fortunately, um, the people that are here and the others that are not created a, a place where connections were important. Um, you know, like I said, Donja, uh, I've known her for, it's crazy to think 21 years. I've known Donja uh, and Liz. I mean, they're both there when I, when I got there. And they have now, uh, Tupulalogo, who plays for me, played for Donja, and Malia Aliaga played for Liz. And so there's kind of like this cycle of people that go through because um, they created something that's pretty um, impactful on people. And then so much so they wanted to, you know, have the people that they mentored come back to it. So I just feel really like very blessed and fortunate that this is the kind of atmosphere they created and I got to go along for the ride, but they continue to keep growing with it too. Well, I'm going to start off with a question here, and Donja, you're going to lead, you're going to bat lead off for us. Um, just just want to ask you about that transition. The first time you met Diane, um, ended up being your coach, and now kind of a lifelong friend. Um, tell us about just kind of what it was like to 
move into that transition when Diane took over and how proud you are now as an alum to watch what's been built and what you helped start? Well, I would say, I think my senior year, we were just really looking to get coached. And Diane had, I mean, one of the cool things about Diane, she's played multiple positions in college. And so I think that just kind of really was like, ooh, she can play this, she can play that. So we were already looking to like learn from her. And I think the, the my previous three years, we won't comment too much on that, but it was just different. And um, so that part was easy just because we really wanted to learn. We wanted, um, we were hungry. We are all, I think a lot of the players that we had, we came from like really competitive programs. And so we were uh, kind of used to being pushed hard. <laughs> And, and Liz, I'm going to follow up on that. You are a, you are another kind of inherited product and ended up becoming a first team All-American. What was that transition like? And, and, and how, how great was it to learn under Diane and then see what became of the program and how proud are you to have kind of the, um, you know, that, that, that history that you all started back in those early years. Yeah, uh, I think for me, I, I came from Idaho and I didn't really have a great experience there. Um, it kind of I lost my like love for volleyball. You know, it was it was a lot of hard work, but it wasn't enjoyable. And I think that's what I really valued with Diane is she found a way to like push you and work you and and get the most out of you. But man, it was just fun. There were so many fun moments. And you know, she, we, we knew she meant business, but she also had just this great side of creating games and creating this competitive atmosphere that was just, you know, so fun to be a part of. And I think for me, it's just great to, to, to have that, to have that memory, to know that, you know, all these other um, women in here are shaking their head like, yeah, we agree. You know, it just, it's just these, these moments and these special things that Diane's able to create. And that's what makes me want my current players or anybody else I can, I suggest and, you know, tell them, yes, if man, if you have an opportunity to go play at Western, do it. Cause it, she's created a special program that just has this perfect blend of competition and, um, but still allows you to love the game. I'm going to jump around a little bit here and feel free, Diane, to chime in at any, but I'm going to jump to you, Katie, and, uh, and ask you a question. And, and a lot of people don't know this, but you, everyone in this call is from the state of Washington, I believe. And everyone, okay. everyone except for one player during Diane's era that's been recruited has been from the state of Washington. She inherited that recruit. What does that say about the state of Washington? What does that say about when you all were playing in high school and your club teams, knowing that, um, you know, Diane was looking at local players because she knew the talent was here. And, and how, how cool is that? Do you think that basically it's a, it's a homegrown program? Well, I think it's really cool, mostly because I guess my senior year, the starting seven, including Courtney, three of us were from Whatcom County. Two of them were from the same school and we're also from the same conference and we were really competitive with each other in high school I think that was is pretty fun to be able to have I don't know that kind of um, camaraderie but then also have the experience of being like mortal combat enemies in high school it's Diane talk about what goes into that as, as a program and recruiting for the state of Washington and and you know I think you told me a couple times you know if the talent's here why go anywhere else but what what, what, what have you seen and what, what, how has that become your patented kind of recruiting system? Well, I think like anything happens, you, you start something for one reason and then it continues for a different reason. And, you know, when I first came on at Western, we were not a fully funded scholarship program. We were, I think, three out of the eight that we were allotted. Um, and as scholarship money came in, it came in the form of um, in-state tuition waivers. So it was a little bit of a forced process to begin with. Um, but luckily, I'd already been in the club scene, so I was already coaching club when I was an assistant at UW before I got to, to Western and knew a lot of the club coaches, and, and so they got to know who I was and, and what our program was going to shape up and be like, so it kind of started that way, and then as we kind of started going through, it was like, why look anywhere else? There's so much, you know, rich talent in, um, in the state of Washington, and it was probably around... Oh, probably, I think Lori was probably our first. Uh, I think Kristen Erdahl may have been our first Spokane kid, but Lori kind of started the actually going across the mountains 
and seeing what was rich over there. We call them our foreigners because there's, you know, you got to cross the pass to get here. Um, but that is kind of like why we, um, you know, just continue in the state because there really is so much talent and so much um, like rich history in Washington. And then you couple that with wherever we go to play in the state of Washington, we get a crowd because there's parents around, there's, there's people who stay and, you know, there's no reason to go anywhere else. And, and um, you know, we've just got a great connection with so many people in the state here. We just continue to go with it. Great. Now I'm going to start having a little bit of fun here. All right. I'm going to jump to Rachel and uh, Rachel, you, you graduated in 2015, but Rachel, tell us a little, a, a fun story about what you had heard about the Western program before you got here. And maybe some of those alums are on the call, but what, what was, what made the program so special in your five years in the program and how much fun did you guys all have in, in that, with that camaraderie? Cause it seems like no matter what era you all are kind of in the same sisterhood. Totally. I think what's so special, I think building off of local recruiting is that even after you finish the program, like you're still local or there's still people that live in Whatcom County that come to the game. So you have that relationship while you're on the team with alumni. And it just kind of is this cycle that fosters this family feeling from the get-go and it just like continues in this snowball effect. And so it's really cool to like, I mean, I'm from more South, but uh, I have family in Bellingham. So we, I remember coming up in like middle school and watching the Western games and getting to watch all these amazing athletes. And I just, it was like, I wanna be like them someday. Um, and then you're on the team and you just have recruits coming in and Diane James like include you in that process. So you're connected to those um, incoming, no matter what stage you're at. And then you become an alumni and there's, you go to the games and you get to see other alumni and there's alumni events and you just feel included all the time. And it just, you're, you have that connection. And afterwards, like, I've, I've seen Katie and Angie around, didn't have like a personal relationship with them, but obviously knew their names and somehow ended up playing like city league with them and becoming closer with them and getting to build that relationship more. So it's just this big family and you just get to feel you connect. You just, it's inevitable that you connect with everyone through camps and alumni events and it's just, it's super special. And I felt that from such a young age that you, you felt that family feeling at Western. And I can't say that I felt that anywhere else. So it's definitely, definitely a special place. I just wanted to say really quick, my daughter even feels it. I have a seventh grade daughter and all she talks about is wanting to play volleyball at Western. <laughs> and I'm like, Maya, they're, you know, love Western, nothing against it. There are so many schools out there. Nope, just Western. Like that's the only place she wants to be. And, you know, that's thanks to going to a camp and just seeing, you know, what all this is about. So. Liz, what are you doing? What do you mean? I thought, I, Come on. Diane, like, you I'm promised totally to stay there and then, read. you know. <laughs> Lori, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, number of memorable matches probably in your career, um, but a question I always like to ask in this podcast, is there any one match that sticks out in your mind? It might not be something that is obvious, but is there any one match during your career that you, that you just still think about to this day? Um, well, I just posted this last week because I had a memory pop up in my phone, um, which was a video uh, and I think it's the same match that, or one of the same matches that Di talked about last time uh, when we were losing <laughs> to SPU 8-1 in the fifth game. And then we came back and won. Um, and I watched that video and I got so emotional. I was like, oh my gosh, it's been like 10 years. And I can still remember that so vividly, like the feeling in Carver being so incredible and um so that one for sure stands out um, and it, it didn't, it wasn't like a playoff match or any, it was just a normal, you know, Thursday night. Um, <laughs> but that one for sure is one that 
I can remember so much of the feeling of being in that moment. Um, even the bad parts of that moment. Like I remember running across, being down A1 and being like, oh God, this is not gonna go well. Uh, and I don't think any of us thought it was gonna go well. Um, and somehow, I don't even know. I don't even know how, how it changed because I just remember running across and then being like, okay, uh, this is not good. And then we won and that was great. So. Yeah, that probably is one of the most memorable ones. I think the only one point we had at one day it was them missing a serve. We didn't even earn it. It was bad. It was so, bad. <laughs> you know, I totally had my, okay, here's what we're going to talk about. Like, let's reframe this speech in my head going. So I knew what we were going to say after the match. And then every time I've seen it since, I'm like, we're not going to win. There's just no way. How do you win that? Like, you were eight to one. There's just no way. Yeah. Bryce, I, I got to ask you a question about. And I remember for sure. <laughs> Bryce, you're up next. Um, you're you're one of them. A lot of Diane's players that finished your eligibility and then moved on to the coaching role. And you were a graduate assistant, and you worked closely with James and Diane and, and Brad. Tell us about that process and how how much how rewarding it was to teach after you learned so much. Yeah, I think um, I always like look back at my playing experience like it was this amazing thing and I was so grateful for the opportunities I was given. Um, and I felt like I had the best teammates, the best coaches. Um, and just when I graduate, I you're ready to move on. But if that door ever opened for anyone, I think there it wasn't a second that I would have said no. Um, and so when Di, I remember the moment that she asked me if I would stay on as a coach and my jaw almost dropped because I, I was just in shock that I was being given like such a special opportunity. Um, and so I was just, there wasn't a second that I couldn't be a part of that. And it was really cool to jump on as a coach. I think all the players just respect Diane and James's decision that it wasn't ever a question that they weren't going to take my coaching. Um, and it was really fun to just be a part of uh, Ariel Turner, she was one of my best friends to be a part of her senior year in a little bit of a different light. Um, it was really special. And then I think it was really fun for me to have a connection with those students and those athletes for so much longer. And um, I just look back at all the people that I have connected with. And I think one time I counted and was like, I've played with 35 people. And now I'm, I've been coaching like a, another 12 or whatever it was and it was just a really great opportunity I think I learned a lot about volleyball but I learned a lot about um like kids and just coaching and um relationships and myself which was huge I think Di and I walked away from coaching together and I can honestly say she's one of my best friends now which is really fun um if I think back from the first time I met her when I was 16. And so it was a great opportunity, would never take it back. That's awesome. I'm gonna move into 2007 questions. So Angie and Katie, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you can step in here and correct me on my history, but I wanna ask about the 2007 season and what that run was like. It, um, it kind of broke the doors open to arriving on the national stage. And um, now I think we can say without question that Western volleyball is a national power. Um, and that 2007 season that played for the national championship, um, what was that run like? And um, what were some of the memorable moments that you still think about to this day? Uh, well, I'll start. Um, I do remember going to Florida, Tampa Bay. Was it Tampa Bay, Di? Mm -hmm. yep, yeah, Tampa. and we played in a tournament and I think we were actually playing Tampa Bay and it, it I mean it was probably the worst match we had the entire season she literally subbed six people out at the same time like that well, was actually it was five I was looking for a sixth in the crowd because I couldn't find a sixth <laughs> player but yes I did sub five <laughs> yeah and then then you took Courtney out and she was like I'm the only one playing good and you're like get out um yeah so then fast forward I think I don't think we just ever expected it it was like work hard we played so well together I mean we we're all such good friends we were so competitive almost to a fault sometimes we we're just trying to like 
I don't know. I mean, we get little arguments, but we we're such good buddies. And then um, it was kind of just like, it just happened. It wasn't ever like, yes, we're making it to nationals this year. It was mostly just like, we're just not going to lose because it's just unacceptable. I, Angie and I made a rap that year and it was like, if you're, oh God, it's kind of sad though. If you're, what, what was it, Angie? If you're not first, you're last. And then here we get second in the nationals. Like maybe we want to like change that motto after the fact. <laughs> but yeah, it was yeah, kind of just yeah, a thing that happened, but it was, I don't know. It was, it was, it was amazing, but. How much pride fast forward a couple more years down the road and the 2015 team made it to the final four. And then 2018 in Pittsburgh, the Vikings again played for the national championship. How much pride did you take? I imagine you tuned in a lot of you and watched that. Um, how great was that to kind of see, you know, 10 years later that unfold, well, you know, knowing that you guys started that process and obviously a lot of great teams, but you guys played on that national stage in 2007 and here they are back again. How much pride was taken in that? I delivered a baby in 2014 and two hours later I was watching, I think it was regionals. Like I told them I have to deliver a baby so I can watch the game. If that puts it any perspective for you. And Angie, <laughs> tell us a little bit about your, about your memories yeah. from 2007 and then fast forward to later years and taking the, how much pride you all take and seeing those teams progress like you guys did. Oh, it's, it's been, can you guys see me and hear me? I, yeah. Yes. Okay. Sweet. Katie, I moved your screens. I'm on Angie's iPhone now. So if you want to see me look there, um, I, uh, it's, it's just so awesome. Cause in 2018, when they did really well, Katie and I, Katie had a baby, another baby, like five days before. And then we're at a Christmas party or Thanksgiving party, just watching, like volleyball and everybody's around we're holding our two little baby girls that maybe someday we'll play at Western together or against each other and probably play together in high school. But, um, it's just so awesome. And I just remember watching when they made it to the national championship game. Again, we were at Shannon Clay's house with Katie and it was just like, I think we cried. I mean, the hormones were raging because we just had new babies too that year. But, um, yeah, it was just like, it's, we were so proud, but we just wanted it so bad, like for the girls, but mostly for Di, because it's just like, we just want her to have that. And someday she's going to get it. And it's just so awesome that we've been able to be a part of just the, the craziness of everything. And, and I remember when we made it my junior year, I was like, wait, are we really doing this right now? When we beat Washburn in that uh, game at their home gym and it was just crazy. And I thought that didn't think we were going to win and we did. And it was just like, holy smokes. So it's just so awesome to watch them still and be part of the family um, that Diane has created. Donja, I'm going to circle awesome. back to you a little bit here and just Carver Gym, special place for a lot of you. It's changed just a tad. Um, and now it's this, um, you know, a great facility. It was a great facility. Then, but tell us about a great Carver Gym memory that you have from your playing days. Um, I think, so when I started playing, the rules were all different. And one of the biggest things, we didn't have a lot of people uh, doing back row attacks. Like that wasn't really part of the offense. And so I remember... Um, I was always like the outlet hitter or so, or the back row attack person. And so I remember we were playing Sam, Simon Frazier. I think it was, I don't know why we always struggled with that team that year, but I just remember we, they, for whatever reason, I got a lot of kills from the back row and um, I was so tired. <laughs> I was just so tired. So I'm hitting in the front row and then I'd go back and I was like, you know, jump serving wasn't a big thing, but then I would jump serve. And then I was hitting in the back row. <laughs> And I just, I remember at one point, finally, die, um, after I served, I subbed me out and I just sat there and I was just like, I'm just so tired. <laughs> but I think um, that was a, maybe one of the few times I was always tired. <laughs> Let's be real. But no, I was really tired that game. And somehow we won, we pulled it out. But I just remember like, um, I was like, maybe, you know, they should learn how to play some defense against the back row. Cause that it just, it was baffling me that that's where I was getting all my kills. Very cool. Liz, I got to ask you, um, you know, you play a lot of matches in Carver Gym. Um, 
Western was able to host the regional, which is first time they did in 2018. Were you able to watch those matches or come up and see them? And how much pride did you see? I mean, that we, you know, Diane's program is always really good about reaching out to the, pro the community, but to see 1,500, 1,600 people in the stands all cheering on this amazing group of young ladies, um, give you goosebumps at all? Kind of see how, how far it's come? Yeah, it does. I just, you know, you're just beaming with pride. I think it's harder living down South and then coaching high school volleyball is, you know, it's really hard that our seasons are at the same time. So, you know, when we're playing Thursday night and they're playing and, you know, I mean, it just makes it tough, but um, I really love that it's on TV now. And so being able to watch um, from here just makes it so great. So, so many games that we've watched and, you know, like you say, I don't have personal connections with all of the alum, but I know all their faces and I've seen them play. Um, and so that's really cool. And just thinking where it comes from, you know, I think a Carver, when I was there in the locker room that Donja and I had was incredible. You guys, we had like a row of lockers. I mean, worse than the <laughs> high school, you know, locker room with a half a bench. You couldn't even fit your whole butt on a bench. Like that's it, a wooden bench and one, and it was a dark, like dark room. <laughs> and I just laugh at that. And then I get to see what they have now. And it, it's just so fun. You know, you're a little bit like jealous maybe of like, God, what a great space. Um, but it's neat to just see the progression and, and see where it's gone from the facilities to the, the athletes are better and faster and stronger. And, you know, everything just continues to evolve. And um, so, yeah, lots, lots of, lots of pride. And I just love seeing the, the program continue to blossom. Right. Well, well quite frankly, my... Jeff, as you talk about 1600 people, you know, coming to regionals, like the original true fans of Western were Liz's pant or parents and um, uncle, aunt and uncle, they literally would dress up for every single one of our games. So they would come in, like they built a boat and they had life jackets on with Viking hats. And they would ask the announcer to play like these horn kind of things. And they would make an entrance. And then, you know, one of her teammates, uh, uh, Michelle and Nicola Parker, you know, uh, Bruce, their dad would go and do round offs in front of the, the student section. So like, we didn't necessarily have at that time, you know, people to drum up a lot of um, fanfare for, so they did it. And so they were original, like great fans that kind of started the fun atmosphere uh, in, in the gym. And I think when you kind of add on to that, so Lori was good friends with um, John Japaya. Did I say his name right, Japaya? He was the like kind of the first real band director that we had. And now the Viking band is like part of our family. Like that is the most important group that comes to our games. And I think that had to do a lot with Lori's connection with, with John. And it's just like, I don't know, it's just the atmosphere is built, but the original people were really Liz parent, Liz's parents and aunt and uncle. For right. sure. Angie, Angie, I'm going to put you on the spot here because um, I got to ask, you got to have to have a favorite Diane Flick Williams story. Please. Oh, definitely. Hey, did you? De oh, you, you said Angie, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, definitely. My favorite is my freshman year when Diane was pregnant with Chase. Um, everybody always told us stories about how scary she was. And, and then you throw on top of it my freshman year, she's pregnant. So then she's, that's magnified. And so she's, I remember one time it's I was just. gestational diabetes. So she's extra cranky. <laughs> I don't remember that, but thanks for the comment. Okay, that's good. I didn't, I didn't know that detail. If I knew it, I would have added it and made the story even longer. Um, but, but I was running, we were doing a drill. Can't remember what drill it was, but I apparently wasn't running from line to line fast enough. So Diane just said, everybody stop, stop, stop. All right, everybody line up. Like you're going to run a set of, you know, lines. And then she goes, except for you, Ange, you come stand by me. Your team's going to show you how to run. And I'll never forget that. I'm like, okay. So I had to stand by Diane while everybody ran lines for me, like, because I wasn't running fast enough. And so that's probably my favorite story with on the court. Well, it has to do with volleyball story. There's other ones that we don't need to share, but. I do believe the line, Angie, was. We're going to have everyone else show you how to run because you apparently forgot how to. <laughs> yeah, probably something along those lines. <laughs> I remember oh, when you, when you made up. us do a uh, roll lines at a central tournament. Were you there, Donja? I don't know. 
we were playing so poorly at a summer league. You had to stop in between matches and we had to do sets of lines with rolls and dives and you know, that everybody's, all the teams are there. Well, thanks, Diane. <laughs> A lot of you are moms in this group. We have teachers, we have coaches, leaders. How much did you learn from this program that you now apply in your daily lives, either as a mother, as an educator, as a coach? I know it's an open-ended question and we can kind of bounce around, but um, what are some of the things that you learned from this program and from Diane that you apply into your everyday lives now? I think what Liz was saying earlier about trying to make it fun, because I feel that sometimes as a coach, you know, you're just so focused on winning and putting up the, the, you know, getting the wins that we forget that this is supposed to be fun. And so I, I really feel that, that that's what I've tried to create with like my team, because a lot of these girls are not going on to go try to go play in college. You know, this is like something they want to do and have fun with and, you know, for their four years. And then what I do try to do is similar to Dai is like really make like their senior night really special. And I feel like Dai does a really good job of that. And so we have like, I have a large Islander. Uh, we have like a, in our school at Federal Way High School, it's like lots of our Islander population is pretty high. And so they, you know, I really make sure to, you know, invite their families because it's a big deal for them too. And so it's just like this all day long event. And I feel that like going with Liz said earlier about trying to, you know, make it still be fun and not like a, a job is one of our, one thing that I've taken away from our program. Rachel, you're a teacher now um, here, here in Bellingham. What are some of the lessons that you might run through in the course of your day and say, man, you know, I'm glad I learned that from being a student athlete. Well, there's so many like that apply to like coaching because that's kind of, that's what teaching is, right? Like coaching. But I think Bryce and I were talking about this is just the life skills that you get out of being a part of Diane's program of just like time management. Five minutes early is late. Like just those skills of like teamwork and collaboration and cooperation and like life is just this give and take. We were just talking about how grateful we feel that we were like trained that way and that we go about life and you go from being in this program where that's just the norm and so you and then you leave that program and you go into life where other people didn't have those experiences and that um they don't have some of those life skills that Diane teaches you and we're just like man like this is it can be tough to work with some people that don't like, we're just, it made, it made us feel really appreciative that Diane taught us those skills, even though sometimes they were hard lessons and took longer than probably she wanted it to, <laughs> but that we have those skills now in life is like, and it's just trained in us. Bryce and I go to this gym and you go really early in the morning and it's super cold and you wear your sweatshirt and we both take off our sweatshirts and we have to like fold them and put them in the cubby and stuff because that's what we're trained to do. Like, so it's just, there's so many, there's so many coaching and like working with kids and stuff, but just those life skills to be and work with other adults and stuff are really valuable too. I gotta say Jeff that Rachel um, got hired as a kindergarten teacher three days before the school was going to start. Um, and so she had to get her classroom ready and she had to get her lessons ready. And she was cool as a cucumber. And I went and visited her at her classroom and her, you know, her teachers and her kindergarten group were like, we don't get why she's so calm. She's like, this is nothing compared to doing college athletics. Like she was like, I don't know why people are stressing out so much, you know? So I thought it was kind of nice that, you know, she was able to kind of just take a very, very probably tumultuous situation for many and she was like, just playing it as she could. Like, Stress management, another life skill. <laughs> also, just want to point out the fact that, like, that's in August, the busiest time, like, for volleyball. And Diane somehow managed to find time and made that a priority to, like, come see me in August. So that just shows, like, the kind of person that she is and 
again. That actually segues to what I was thinking when you asked the question of like, what did you learn? And I think a big thing for me and that what I try to do when I'm coaching my teams and um, teaching is just like, take care of your people. Right. And um, I think that's something that you get so much. And it's kind of like what Rachel said, where you're like in this bubble where it just happens and you're, you are taken care of, but you also learn that like the people who are important to you deserve your effort and deserve for you to also take care of them. Um, and I think that's something that I definitely have carried from being in that program, um, into being a teacher, being a coach, hopefully being a mom, as I'm listening to my three-year-old have a complete meltdown upstairs. So I don't know, maybe I'm not taking care of her. Um, but those, that was one thing for sure that I took away, um, after I left. Anyone else have anything they want to chime in on? Uh, oh. oh, sorry. I would echo everything that people are saying. And I think um, one other, maybe a little bit something different that I always think of Diane is um, when I'm coaching and trying to be creative and coming up with different drills, I'll always remember Diane, you know, you are the weakest link, you know, goodbye or whatever. <laughs> However, that and she had family feud and, you know, all these games and that's always going through my head. And so like I have survivor and all these games that I come up with and I think of Diane, but I think of her saying too, and I feel like I tell my players a lot, like, okay, just try this drill. I need you to try your best. I need you to give it your all. And if it flops, like that's okay, <laughs> but we're going to try it. And I think just like that idea of, you know, being comfortable taking risks and trying new things and putting everything you can into it. And if it flops, like then, okay, we know we tried and we're going to move on. And I, I, I just think about her and that when I'm designing drills or trying a lesson, you know, in when I'm teaching a science, like a new analogy, or, you know, it's always like trying to connect it. I don't know. And I feel like that's a Diane thing um, or my kids or whatever it is. So that's something that I take with me. Diane, do you actually do the weakest link game since 2003? You know, it's funny because we today, or four. <laughs> yesterday and today we played um, Volationary. I don't know if everybody remembers when we did that. So we took Pictionary and each square is a certain discipline in volleyball, you know, so if it's yellow instead of it being like, you know, something, I can't remember what Pictionary is like, but that would be a transition drill or that would be a defensive drill. So we were playing that actually day and one of the um, once if you landed on a transition drill it would have been the weakest link we didn't get to that one but we played you know a bunch of different other ones that were in there but yeah they haven't quite experienced that yet I'm really glad they brought that back with Jane Lynch because now they really know what the game show is it started getting to a point where it was too old for them to even know what I was talking about so we're bringing it back all right Diane I'm gonna put you on the spot here a little bit um like I said uh I'm a numbers guy Four, 451 wins, 10 GNAC titles, 33 All-Americans, 85 All-GNAC academic selections, uh, 804 winning percentage, three Final Fours. Your current team has been the ABCA poll 108 consecutive weeks. But every time I talk to you, you talk about your players. Mm -hmm. And you were so giddy about this call because of just connecting with these people makes you smile. So while I just mentioned all those numbers and there's a lot more I could list, what made it, what has made all that the best part of it? I think I know the answer, but what makes this and those accolades so special? You're looking at them. I mean, the people I get to be around are, are special people. It's funny because James and I always talk about recruiting because you know, you get some and you lose some and and we, we finally got to a point at, you know, at one point where we just finally said, you know, we get who we're supposed to have, like everyone's supposed to be here for a reason. And so that's, that's our goal is to figure out what is that reason that they're there. And as you know, we get to win a lot of matches along the way, we're going to compete along the way. And it's just a vehicle to, to, you know, mentor kids along the way. Um, and so numbers are just numbers that, you know, everyone, it's always funny to me when people ask me at the end of a game, like, okay, well this record or whatever, it's like, uh, I don't know, but did you see that dig this person made? Okay. So they did a really good job of doing this because they've been working on this and 
don't know. It's just the, the people are so special. Um, you know, I just listened to a podcast the other day um, about, um, well, it was actually about anxiety, but it was um, something where someone had talked about how people believe that coaches give them gifts, but really it's that they have the gift within themselves and it's the coach's job to open them up to let their gift shine through. And I feel like that's, what's kind of cool about the people I get to work with. Like they all have a special gift. They're all so different as you can tell, and they have something special to contribute and that's why they're here. And so that's the fun exploration for me is figuring out what that is. And then we just do volleyball stuff on the side, just to stay fit, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's the people, there's no doubt about it. I mean, records will come and go and, and numbers will come and go, but the people have been involved the entire time. And that's what is, that's why I come back year in year, year in and year out. Pretty cool. Just to say something on that, um, while I was coaching with Di, you could really see how much she puts into the, the volleyball aspect of everything, but how much she really puts into each player and everything that they're going through. She's there with them through every step of the way. Um, and it just reminds me like every alumni event meant the world to her because it meant that she got to like spend time with her favorite people. And so it was such like a fun thing to help her plan, but you could just see that week before she would light up because she could like, she was about to be reunited with all these people that have made a huge impact on her life. And I think she doesn't realize how much of an impact she's made on our life as well. It's just kind of crazy to talk to alumni and we all have these crazy stories to tell about Western volleyball, but they all come back to like, man, do we love Diane James? Like I would never choose a different program. Um, yeah, it's just a really, really special program. And I think Di just really cares about her people. All right. Who's got a good road trip story? <laughs> all right, Katie, you're up. Uh-oh. <laughs> Um, 2007, we're playing Western Oregon. It was the only conference game that we lost that year. If I, I think that's right. Anyways, and, uh, we lost in game five and I think like I missed a serve. I'm like, I think Jamie Anderson hit a ball out of bounds. I mean, there was like a lot of things that happened in a row that just weren't good. And then we ended up losing and I'm walking to the, the locker room and Diane's like right behind me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, what is she going to do? <laughs> Not like she's going to hurt me, but I don't know. I was scared. And then we got in and we sat down and we, she had chalk and she wrote like in the biggest letters, seniors. And then she underlined it like 300 times, like broke the chalk, threw it at the board. I think that the thing hit um, Julie. She got hit with the chalk. Is that oh, come on. Turn story? <laughs> It might be a different story. And then she was just like, you, you. Like, she's like, Katie, Mr. Jamie, get out of bounds. Courtney, something, something. And then she was just like, out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> That's it. That's, what That's awesome. Any any good road trip stories going to Montana, Alaska? Um, anything kind of just defines the, the fun that you all had um, with this program? Because you know, it is a sisterhood. It is a group that takes care of each other, but there's also a lot of fun to be had. I've traveled with the team to nationals and um, it's by far the, um, the the best team to travel with. So someone's got to have a good story. Die on the plane. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've never seen someone so panicked on a plane. <laughs> I've gotten better. I've gotten better, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? Because Jill, uh, one of the seniors with Donja, her parent, her dad was a um, a pilot for Delta, I think it was, and then Jill ended up becoming a flight attendant. But I remember one time, like I could hear a noise, and I it was when we were coming back from Hawaii, and I turned around and I looked at him. He goes, "That's just one of the wings." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." So then you hear the noise again, and I turn around, and he goes, "That's just the other wing." And then it happened again. I'm like, "There are only two wings on this plane." <laughs> So I don't know what you're lying to me about. <laughs> uh, I have a die on a plane story. Also. <laughs> I can't remember if it, Rody, was it your freshman year in Montana? 
when we were late to the plane oh were you, or was that your red shirt year do you remember that Bryce? i i think it was taylor dillard's freshman oh, year she yeah. was running too yeah, yeah we were uh we like we had the 5 a.m flight out of montana after the day after we played and we're like in billings montana who's gonna be at the airport at 5 a.m so we didn't get there <laughs> in time and we were sprinting <laughs> through the airport and Di walked on to the plane like just movie character like so so pissed and so like could not believe we barely made the plane and it I mean we were going through security and I just Di and James were like just go just run like get on the plane we'll get as many as we can and they finally made it but that was definitely and then the next year we were at Montana very 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 early um I think that was the Rachel was with us yeah, too. I was there yeah. and decided to take a nap since we were there like an hour early and it was four in the morning <laughs> we may have played a prank on you but so what <laughs> so what everyone literally everyone versus Rachel <laughs> well we're coming to a, a little bit of a close here but I one one question that I like to ask and we can go around the group here is just in a sentence, we don't have to make it a word, but what does Western volleyball mean to you? Uh, Bryce, you're probably a perfect one to start with. I'm gonna put you on the spot, but WW volleyball is- Family. What? Family. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> probably everybody was gonna, I mean, that's what I was gonna say too. Yeah, well, that's, that does say a lot about what Diane has done, but um, you know, Every, everything I learned about the program going backwards um, during this era is that you all take care of each other. And Diane, I'd love you to tell the story. Um, the team this year, I believe, uh, reached out and sent cards and thank yous to a first responder. The Stuff like that that you do as a program that people don't know about. Um, what well, does that there's mean? Like, there's a sisterhood that kind of it comes with. Like, I think the, the thing that during this really tough time in COVID that's been pretty eye-opening and we have um Catherine Banning who's a uh she was finishing her residency as an ER doctor in Cincinnati and she had a four-month-old son and you know what a rough time to be a doctor during this time so you put yourself on the front line when you have the risk of bringing it home to your kid especially when we, it was early and we didn't know what was going on and we just felt like we needed to lift her spirit so our team wrote her you know thank you notes um even though they didn't know her but the alumni, her alumni got together and we sent her a little video um, that was stretching some people, right, Lori? Stretching their, their musical abilities, but, um, you know, it was to bring a smile to her face and, you know, and then another one of our teammates, um, you know, uh, Marlena Geary, who her dad contracted COVID and was really sick. And it was Lori that, you know, basically got on you know, text to about, I don't know, 10, 12, I don't know how many alumni she contacted about, like, we need to do something like anything, um, you know, Uber Eats, something that they can just, you know, so they can relax. And it was probably within what, Lori, like 15 minutes, everyone had responded in Venmo and it was, it was a go. And, and I think that's, that was pretty, that's to me is like, you know, when things get hard and things are challenging and we need each other, like forever you have that, that backbone, that, that group of people to support you. So I don't know, that to me is what, it was pretty special to see it in action and be a part of it. Well, it's a special group. It's a special group. Uh, I like to tell the story that um, we haven't had a whole lot of babysitters since we moved to Bellingham. And one of them has been Rachel Roeder and the other one has been Abby Phelps. Um, so I don't know if there's much more trust than I could have in student athletes um, that Diane has had. I, Diane and I have a lot of good sessions and just talking and complaining and being therapeutic with each other, but um, this program is special. And I know you all know it. And part of the goal of this was for other people to understand that. Um, but if there's anything else that you guys want to kind of add about Diana, the program, we can kind of close with that. But uh, it, it is a special program. It's a, it's a family. Um, she's getting a refill right here on her happy hour. That, that is family right there. So uh, if anyone else wants to add anything about what this is all meant, um, you are up. <laughs> Um, I have one more thing to say. It's really short, but um, I've been really struggling because I'm a coach too, really struggling with not having a season right now and just the uncertainty of it. It's been super stressful. And uh, one thing I've taken away from Di is that 
we don't have a season, but like, what can we take away from this is we have relationships with each other. And that's pretty much what has kept me sane through this whole thing and just thankful for my team, even though we're not really playing, just trying to stay positive and be thankful that we have each other. And I've had the opportunity to have relationships with each of them. And that's from Diane and James. And I would just add, my husband has a um, business up north in Ferndale, and he has hired numerous <laughs> volleyball players. And I think it's just a testament to Diane that it's like, it's like, you know, what kind of person you're getting, because like Rachel said, all these life lessons and things that she teaches people, like those are valuable that are that that mean something. And so I don't know, that's just been really cool to me to see that connection. And to see, you know, I mean, Diane cares about the people. She cared about my husband, who she knew back when we were in college and built relationships with not just us, but all of our people who are important to us and, and how that had, like, it just grows that sisterhood. And it's just crazy to see that, but um, just a testament to everything that she's doing. Like you say, Jeff, trustworthy babysitters, trustworthy workers. It's, it's great. Yeah, I would touch on just um, kind of what Liz was saying about her daughter just appreciates the program so much. I think all of our families are so invested um, and that's because of the culture Diane has brought to the team. They know when we were playing there, whether we were on the court or not, we were being taken care of. Um, and it's just, it was funny. Um, my fiance wasn't a big volleyball person until he met me and we were sitting this year and he was like, I really miss watching Western. And then we sat and watched the entire San Bernardino game together because he just missed it. And so it kind of shows just how much our families realize like what Western means to us. Awesome. Well, thank you to everyone for joining us tonight on this special edition of Viking Voices. We had our first round table happy hour. I think it went pretty well. Um, and I thank all of you for being on here and Diane, I thank you for the friendship that we have, but I thank you more for the impact you've made on all of the student athletes lives. It's, they've done it just as much for me as I could ever do for them. So look at those little, little cherubs that could come in the, the screens. I love that there is these, <laughs> I love the kids that are coming. Like it's so great to see them as moms and then feel my pain. So. <laughs> Well, go Vikings. Thanks again for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you at some of our upcoming matches, hopefully when we get through COVID and the Vikings get back on the court. Thanks, Jeff. This is so cool that you're doing this. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.